Okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witch Buster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Live from the Akchin Community Studios on this Tuesday morning. It is the Wolf and Luke show. I'm Luke. Wolf, what's uh, <laughs> what's going on over there, buddy? What it's are you all... talking about, Luke? What it's, do you mean? What's going on over here? There's nothing going on no, over here. No, nothing at all. Nothing totally to calm. see here. You're not like How are you doing, of course? <laughs> looking at a blank screen today. It's like very I interesting right there. You've got a nice suit on. Talk about your checkered suit. What do you call that thing? Is it? Know. It's a black and gray suit, I, would ass- I believe. I would assume checkered works. I don't know. Is it, is it checkered? Is that the the term they use well, in I, fashion? I'm sure they have some sort of fashion term. Like. I think anybody that knows me, for the most part, anyone who's been around me for even a couple of days, you know that I'm no clothes horse. <laughs> Maybe you know what I mean. I'm not a fashion plate. Hi, not- resident woman here chiming in. <laughs> That's plaid. Is the word plaid? you're looking is for. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right, was, bye now. It's not something cooler than plaid. It's not like uh, ombre <laughs> or something. For that. I, don't, I don't wear suits. Okay. Well, you know patterns. Yeah. Apparently. 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 Or you just made something up. You yeah. saw your chance. Sarah, wait a minute, Because you I mean, knew we didn't know. Yeah, yes. Pantsuit, right? Isn't a pantsuit? Don't don't women wear a pantsuit? That is true. Okay. I've never been in the opportunity to wear a power pantsuit. Okay. Right. Uh, maybe something for me to look into. You okay. can wear one tomorrow. You make the opportunity. <laughs> yeah, I'm more of like a sweatshirt and jeans kind of gal at yeah. the station, as I'm sure you've noticed. See, <laughs> it's a better way to go, I'll it, be honest. Well, a lot of it's got to do with the fact you're getting up at four o'clock in the morning as well. That's three a.m. to you, sir. Is it really three? Oh my goodness! Four o'clock uh, Central Time. You know, <laughs> when I first got into the business, ladies and gentlemen, we started with a five a.m. It was five to nine. Oh. That's what it was. You five. went on the air at oh, five. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. For years, as a matter of fact, it was five to nine, <laughs> and then bada bing, bada boom, there came the three o'clock. And there's just no way you can justify three. No, you just can't justify three o'clock in the morning. There's no. It's it's in the middle of the night. It's the dead of night, 3 o'clock in the morning. I feel like at a certain point, your body would begin to argue with your mind just on a daily. We just asked Sarah. Sarah's here. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> took about took about three months for that to start up. And then there's just no resolution. No, we're doing really well over here. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. I'm glad we could But Sarah, in. thank you for You're coming so welcome. on and actually talking about plan. Yeah, I can tell you needed suit. some assistance, so I just chimed in. But I'm, If you want to chime in whenever back. we need assistance, you need to stick around for the next four hours. Oh, great. we're going to need a lot of assistance today. Um, but we are going to start. <laughs> this might need more assistance. The Phoenix Suns losing to Golden State by 11 last night. Wolf in a game where they trailed by 22 after the first quarter. Yeah. What are your thoughts, Luke? Where do you begin when you think of what you saw last night? I think they don't have enough right now. Without, I mean, that's that, I don't think that's like breaking any news. But if you don't have Kevin Durant, you don't have enough against the very good teams. And Golden yeah. State is a very good team. You know, for me, Basinonians, it's a tough situation because you look at it and you know, you know what? Hey, listen, now that's Devin Booker right there, and that's Chris Paul, and that's DeAndre Ayton, and they have some good players that are out there. And I realize the Golden State Warriors are a completely different team at home than they are on the road. I understand that. They're a very, very good team. Yet at the same time, um, they, the Suns look like they're almost distracted. They look like they, they know they're, they're playing with a facade 
God right now, for the most part, a shadow of themselves and what they're going to be. It's you've, To me, it looks like they're distracted. They've got a mentality that says, this is not who we really are. So let's go out and try to fake it until Kevin Durant actually gets healthy. All we need to do is get into the postseason, and we all know what that means. Yeah. He needs to be healthy, and then we'll roll. They have now dropped two in a row. Before that, though, they were 16-5 and five in their previous 21, and again, KD only played in three of those games. Now, for a lot of those games, they had Mikel Bridges, and for some of those games, they also had Cam Johnson. It's, it's hard to read too much into that stretch because it spans so many different versions of this team. Yeah, but for me, even the collective mindset is so different. It's so different when you've got Kevin Durant, and they've actually got a, a little taste of that. In yeah. those three games with Kevin Durant, and now he's gone. Well, I mean, they're they're in a unique spot because if they have Kevin Durant, I still like them over pretty much every team except maybe the team they're playing tonight, and we'll get into that in, in a best-of-seven series. But when they don't have Kevin Durant, it's just two games, I get it, but, I mean, it's two games against playoff teams in Sacramento and Golden State, and they just are not getting enough from the bench. I mean, you mentioned Devin Booker. Well, Booker had 32 points last night, and, and he shot 60% from the field. Like, you can't... You know, maybe he can give you 37, but you're still going to lose the game. It, it can't just be him. DeAndre Ayton had 27 and 12. You know, I mean, yes, you can always get a little bit more out of these guys, but th- those two gave you enough last night where you shouldn't have been out of it by halftime. Now, they fought back. They actually made this game very close yeah. to the second half. Yeah. But uh, it's just, it's becoming apparent in a best of seven series against a high end team. And Golden State still is the defending champs. And I think Golden State had a little bit of an edge to him last night because the Suns had beaten him every other time this season, um, they're going to have to get something from guys outside of Aiton, Paul, and Booker if they yeah. don't have KD. Yeah, no, you're right about that. They look like um, they were not the better team than the Golden State Warriors. That's what they look like. And guess what? They look that way as well against the Sacramento Kings. Yeah. The, the Kings look like they were... Now, why is that, Basin Orleans? Because they don't have Kevin Durant, number one. They don't have Kevin Durant. They also don't have Mikal Bridges and Cam Johnson. The guys that were actually traded for Kevin Durant, they don't have those guys. That's one of the reasons why they don't look like the better team, especially when you're playing the Warriors up there. You know, last year they went six players deep before you really started to get into the campaigns of the world. And I know Damian Lee wasn't on the team last year, but it down into that range, right? You went six players deep. This year, you go four players deep. And right now, without Kevin Durant, you go three players deep. I mean, there's a big difference. That's <laughs> Last year, you went Booker, Paul, Ayton. You had Cam Johnson. You had Mikel. You had Jay Crowder. However you want to you know, parse that out. I guess Cam was technically coming off the bench last year, but you went six players deep before you even got into the guys that maybe weren't as consistent. I know Jay wasn't a consistent shooter, but for the most part, you knew what you were getting from those top six guys. Right now with the team as it is assembled, you, you took the risk and it was a, it was, you know, it was a smart risk. You were going all in on basically four guys deep and then you don't know what you're getting from anybody after that, but your top four guys were elite. But when one of them is hurt, I mean, you're basically... I'm not saying they're a three-man team, but you feel confident in what you're going to get from Booker, 
for the most part, Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton. And after that, Wolf, it's just like a coin flip right now. Yeah. You know, again, I, this is just my opinion. I, I do believe human nature is taking over. Human nature is a powerful, powerful force. Never forget that, my young Kronk brothers. It's one of the reasons why you've got to be on guard in all situations to make sure that you're going about your business the right way. You've got to have your guard up. You've got to be alert. It's one of the reasons why I always talk about humility and how important humility is because humility allows you to see what you need to do in order to get better. You need to be able to see yourself accurately and truthfully if you truly want to be able to overcome what it is that opposes you. You have to be able to see it, and you have to be able to tell the truth right now. And again, I'm not saying this is fact. What I am saying, looking at the Suns and watching them play the last two games specifically, these games where we all thought it was going to be a bit of a measuring stick for the Phoenix Suns, the Sacramento Kings, and then up there against the Golden State Warriors, who again are a much different team at home than they are on the road. And it looked like there was a talent efficiency. That's all I'm saying. They look like the better team last night. They certainly, the Warriors certainly were ready to start that game, and the Suns were not. Yeah, and look, I mean, Golden State's the defending champs, so that's why I don't want to read too much into that one game, but what you're saying... I'm worried it's going to keep playing out, right? And I don't even know how much we can read into tonight because it's the second half of a back-to-back against Milwaukee. But Milwaukee just played last night, too. These yeah, are the so teams. that's no excuse. No, it isn't. It isn't. Um, and for me, I guess it's more if you can't beat Milwaukee and Golden State without Kevin Durant, does that mean you're in a lot of trouble? Or does that just mean you're not winning a title without Kevin Durant, which we all expect? I mean, this, this team this team as it is currently constructed without Kevin Durant is not going through four rounds of best of sevens against really good teams. It just this isn't. team, I think it's safe to say, and I, I think this is what I'm getting to, this team without Kevin Durant is not as good as they were with Mikal Bridges yes. and Camp Johnson yep. right now. And that, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's spot on. We're, I, you're right. That's being proven. Uh, the Madness tips off this Thursday, and with it comes your chance to win over $3,000 worth of prizes in the Arizona Sports Bracket Bucks, presented by Santan Ford and Schwartz Laser Eye Center. Just text BUCKS to 620-620 to fill out your bracket and compete in the Madness. That's BUCKS to 620-620. When we come back, hey, look, Denver took something else from us yesterday. We'll get into that next. Oh. Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. NFL free agency frenzy with Wolf and Luke. All right, it is Wolf and Luke on a Tuesday morning. Wasn't the best day for sports yesterday here locally, Wolf? Really wasn't. I mean, look, it's it's a loss for the Suns. As long as they finish top six, that's fine. We'll get deeper into that. And they do have a tough game tonight, obviously, against Milwaukee. I didn't love the Zach Allen news, though. Yeah, no, that was a kick in the cradle. That's a little more permanent. He's a, he's a solid, solid football player and a solid dude. Yeah, I... I, I I guess I guess maybe we should have read the tea leaves. And I mean, you know, talking on the show yesterday, we were kind of like, all right, if they haven't re-signed these guys, it certainly means they are available to be taken. And a guy like Zach Allen, who I have said multiple times throughout last season, I think was was the biggest bright spot for the Cardinals. He was certainly one of the top two or three. 
is now going to Denver to follow Vance Joseph and to play with Sean Payton. Yeah, to follow Vance Joseph, I think. That has an awful lot to do with it right there. And, you know, this, I think it's got a lot to do with the situation with the Arizona Cardinals. It did surprise me, based on Ian's, but you can't talk about Zach Allen without talking about Calvin Beecham. For me, you can't. Well, they happened like five minutes apart, and it felt like. It, exactly. And, you know, honestly, let's juxtapose that. It appears to me the Cardinals are going to rebuild on the shoulders of pros as opposed to pro bowlers. Okay. It, to me, Luke, permanently I, or just right no, now? No, no, no. I think right now, I think right now, that's that's probably going to be the strategy. Nobody's told me this, base and earnings. I'm just reading the tea leaves like everybody else. In other words, they're going to raise the floor instead of the ceiling. When you're in a rebuild, does that make sense to you? Do you understand? Raise the floor instead of the ceiling. And I, it feels like there was a high ceiling for the Arizona Cardinals. This is just me in retrospect, looking back at last season. It, it felt like the ceiling was high, and yet the floor was pretty low for the Arizona Cardinals. And we all, especially me, I was guilty of this more than anybody else, base and earnings. I was looking at the ceiling, and I was, oh my goodness, this looks really, really good. All the skill they had on the offensive side of the ball, I thought that was just going to be enough to actually go out and win. Well, I think they thought that too. I, right, but I mean, the ceiling was, was so high, and now all of a sudden I think they need to raise the floor. They realize that they're in a rebuild. Yeah, I, look, I, I don't hate that philosophy. I just felt like, slash hoped, that Zach Allen would be an exception because Zach Allen is not a 33-year-old defensive lineman who was great for a few years and you don't know what you're getting. Zach Allen's, what, 26? Yeah. And you developed him, and it's a position of need. Now, I know that this coaching staff and this GM, this entire front office, I mean, none of these guys have any ties to Zach Allen. This this is the downside to to blowing everybody out and making you, sure you go outside the organization. Yes, and you can't say it enough. That That's what got Zach yeah, Allen here. That, so, I mean, regime change. Yeah. And, and look, I know everybody wanted change at the end of last season. And when we got into it, I mean, I was certainly there too. Of you have to look at the, you have to look long and hard at the idea of going outside the organization if you're going to make the changes, like make changes. But it probably cost the Cardinals Zach Allen. Now, is that enough of a reason to not do it? No, probably not. But he was the one guy that I was hoping, with everything you're saying, of let's not get crazy, let's not overspend, let's not, you know, let's not go after vets and pay for past production. Yes. The ceiling doesn't have to be as high this year, but the floor needs to be higher. I just think there would have been a way to fit Zach Allen into that. And, you know, maybe it wasn't even their choice once we got to this week. Like, if you wanted him, you, you probably had to lock him up before this week. Yeah, no, you're right about that. Um, but again, I think this is what they're thinking right now. Why not get more starting players inside the locker room than premier players? In other words, maybe you got five premier players on the defensive side of the ball, and then you got maybe four of the remainder that probably aren't starters, and yeah. they're out there starting for you. So in other words, why not try to reverse engineer it basically with your rebuild and then try to raise the the floor as opposed to the ceiling. They basically spread it all out instead of I mean, look, we can use the Suns as an example and and it's different in the NBA. You kind of go for it, you put all your stock in and three or four players like the Suns have. Now but that is that is a rebuild. That is a rebuild mentality yeah. when you're doing that. Yeah. 
I, I just I, I wish there was a way to fit Zach Allen into it because what I was most encouraged about for this team, Wolf, is their defense and the relative youth that was hitting the sweet spot on the defense. And look, man, I like Isaiah Simmons, and I like Zayvon Collins. I thought Zayvon Collins took real real strides last year, and you know how I feel about Isaiah Simmons. I probably overrated yeah. him last year. But Zach Allen had a better year than both of them, don't you think? Yeah. If you're just going by what oh, he did yeah. on the field. No, there, there's, there's no denying that. Um, but once again, you have to look at the defense overall. And from a metrics perspective, they were not good. They were not. You look at um, all of the bottom line numbers for the defense. They're not really flattering. They're not. No. Now, having said that, again, you, you have to acknowledge the fact the Arizona Cardinals are in a rebuild. You're going to try to establish a brand new culture, a brand new way to think and do things. Does anyone think the Cardinals are going to the playoffs next season? Uh, I mean, you're going to trade D-Hop. Zach Allen's walking in free agency. J.J. Watt is retiring. Kyler Murray's going to miss games. No. You're you're kidding yourself, I think, at this point in time, if you think they're going to the playoffs. And I think they're trying to rebuild the floor. What do you do now on the defensive line, though? Because you will need to field a defensive line next season. So, like, what do you – are you addressing that through the draft? Are you – I mean, you're going to have to go out and and bring some guys in via free agency. um, And that's probably how you're going to have to rebuild for the most part. Because unless you're taking a defensive lineman with that third pick, or if you trade down, you know, the seventh pick or whatever, I don't know that you can count on that guy. And even if you can, that's only one guy. You've lost J.J. Watt and Zach Allen now. Yeah. Well, if you're going to rebuild the floor and um, you're going to use the resources that you have, the first thing you're going to do is identify the offensive line because your quarterback who is going to come back at some point in time that you paid $230 million to, your quarterback needs to be protected. If you're going to spend money while you raise the floor, it's going to be on your offensive line. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the reason why you can't really have the Zach Allen conversation unless you actually have the Calvin Beecham conversation. And they got Calvin Beecham at a steal. Now, we're going to talk about Beach specifically, of course, as the show unfolds. But this is the reality check right here for the Arizona Cardinals. It is. They're not going to the playoffs. Uh, I, I think, hey, listen, if it happens, great. If somehow, some way, you could put together a team and, and it happens by raising the floor as opposed to the ceiling, man, fantastic. But right now, you got to make cold, hard, calculated plans for raising the floor. Yeah, I, I just personally might need like 24 hours to get over this one because, <laughs> A, it's Denver taking something else. But, but B, the, and the bigger thing is I wanted to get to a point where a couple years down the line, you're what San Francisco is right now, where San Francisco's defense is so good that they don't even really need anything, but they identify, hey, we could get a little bit stronger here. We'll go out and throw a bunch of money at Javon Hargrave. I I wanted the Cardinals... I want the Cardinals to try and win games of defense. Mm. You've already invested a lot in Kyler Murray, and, and that's great, and he can win you games when he's healthy, but I like the idea of... We got this defense that's going to hold other teams to 19, 20 points. If Kyler Murray just has a good game, we're going to win <laughs> like 8 out of 10 times at that point. I want I want this team built around just a, a monster defense. And losing Zach Allen doesn't mean they can't do that. 
but he was the one guy that they had that they were letting go that was kind of like hoping maybe they would find a way to 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 pay him like if they were going to pay anybody this offseason he's the guy I wanted them to pay more so than them going out and grabbing somebody in free agency and if you're not going to pay him why would you go out and pay somebody in free agency you know yeah, what I mean right and I, I don't think that's going to happen again I don't I either they're no. going to try to go out and get a bunch of starters pros guys who are glue Calvin Beecham, by way of example. And we'll get into Beach again when when the time is right. That was but surprising. right now, but yeah, right now that's what you're gonna get. Guys who are starters, I think. That raises the floor, not the ceiling. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, Steph Curry wants to make sure we all know exactly what year it is. We'll explain why next. It's Wolf and Luke in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Welcome back to the show. Wolf and Luke here. Sun's right back at it tonight, which means we're going to talk to Kevin Ray later on in the show. Got a couple good guests here today, Wolf. K-Ray, of course. Oh, yeah. Kellen Olsen's going to join us later in the show. Kevin. Had a one-on-one with Kevin Durant. And uh, that story's up on ArizonaSports.com. And it's a, it's, it's a good one. Even if you have Kevin Durant fatigue right now because you're just kind of waiting for him to play this is not it's not a story about like oh this is how he fits into the offense totally it's it's his roots how he got here how he has already had a connection with uh, monty williams and jared jack before he ever got here so it's a really good read we're going to talk to kellen about that later on the show kyle dodd's going to join us here shortly too to talk a little asu basketball it's about the person of kevin durant yeah the player it's uh and um, he got the one-on-one with kd but he also talked to monty williams and jared jack and, and some others um Steph Curry and Chris Paul last night. Did you see their little interaction out there on the floor? Yeah. What did you think? It was. Uh, I mean, it's fine. It's. I, I expect a version of that from from the two of them. They neither one of them is uh, is shy about talking on the floor. You know that game last night to me was Golden State is infinitely better at home than they are on the road. They look like two different teams. Yep. I think Clay Thompson was had a little extra motivation after what happened earlier this season against the Suns when he got tossed and he promptly put up what he had like 31 in the first half, 30 33 maybe. Finished the game with 38, hit eight threes. But you did have Steph and Chris Paul and at one point you had Steph look at Chris Paul and say, um, this is not 2014 anymore. <laughs> Which is kind of mean. <laughs> that is, you know what, if you're going to trash talk, go right for the jugular. Okay, that's all I'm going to say. And, you know, I, I'm not going to throw stones. I may have said a thing or two on the field back when I was a player. No. Uh, I'm just saying it is. I'm embarrassed, ladies and gentlemen. I'm so embarrassed to actually talk about it. But there, it's true. I talk so much junk on the field all the time. And I just wanted to, at this point, uh, being 60 and looking back at it, I'd like to say to my younger self, shut up, Ron. Okay, thank you. Um but I did. I talked an awful lot out on the field. And I'm not going to throw stones at somebody like Steph who may want to actually trash talk on the court. I, it was what you would expect 
I'm I'm watching them just doing the lip reading, right? <laughs> I mean, it was it's what you would expect from Steph Curry. There's no profanity. It's just this ain't 2014. No more. It's, it's actually how he said it. Now they asked him to explain it after the game. It's all competition. Um, you play against somebody for so many years, and the love I got for him because you know, our history and all that. So it's just competition, back and forth, give it and take it. Couple things though with this, I have no problem with what he said. But just logistically, if you're going to talk trash to Chris Paul, you really just say this ain't 2021 anymore, or before your birthday in 2022, because he was still like an all-time great then. But the other thing is, um, they're two years apart. Yeah, like it's not, it's not like Steph's in like his third year yeah. and Chris Paul's forty eight. Okay, what would you say is the profound difference between Steph Curry what? and Chris Paul? He's got a lot of rings. Ah, there all, you go. All of my we trash got talk. Got a winner. If, ding, 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 ding. If I were Steph, all my trash talk would be like just pointing at my fingers. That's I. Yeah. Would, it wouldn't be. Hey, guess what? Well, there had to be something there at twenty fourteen. What do you think he meant when he said twenty fourteen? Other than the fact that it's twenty twenty three. That's nine years ago. What did he do? It was, I, I don't know. There had to be. Well, there, to me, something had to happen. To me, they exactly right. There's something right there. 2014. You just don't say 2014 because it was nine years ago. Oh, okay. Listen, 2014. You know, you're trying to actually get him to recall something of 2014. All right. right? The, the 20. So Chris Paul was on the Clippers in 2014. <laughs> okay? So I'm just trying to figure out if there's anything there here. While I look this up and try and figure it out, and they did play Golden State and they did win that series. So maybe that's it. Right. Yes. But this was Chris Paul's reaction, because if he was trying to get through to Chris Paul, Chris Paul either didn't have <laughs> time for it or didn't get it. I don't know what happened in 2014. <laughs> Y'all tell me. That's like nine years ago. What happened? Did you even hear him say? Did, did you see when he said that? To you? Did he say it to me? That's what I'm asking. Did he, did, he, did he say it to you? That's what I'm asking. No, he didn't say it to me. Where you see it at? It was caught on camera. They showed him saying it to me. No, they just showed him saying it. It was a close-up, so you couldn't even see who he was saying it to. Oh. No, I don't know nothing about that. 2014. Were y'all good during the game, or was that something that, that that's even surprising you hearing hearing that he said that? Go ask him. This is great. They did. I love how Chris Paul halfway through that was like, what even are years? What is time? Like he went as far away from answering that question. Deep right there. <laughs> oh, that is so great. The trash talking that goes on. I some of the things that people will say out on the field or out of the court, and they're just absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> It brings, it does bring back so many good memories of, of people saying some really ridiculous things out on the field. I, the, the problem is you really can't, you can't repeat most of them. No. If any of them. That's probably why this one is okay. all over social media because you can actually show it. 
And, and children can watch Steph Curry trash talk. Just listening to CP3. CP was trying to think, what, what, what? What happened in 2014? What did I do what nine years it? ago? You know, what was, <laughs> he was asking these questions, and it, they sounded sincere. Did it not? Yeah, it it like did. Like, he was at a loss. <laughs> He's like, 2014, that was nine. I don't remember. But my, my favorite part of that, at, other than at the end of Just Go Ask Him, was, uh, yeah, he, he spent the summer with me and my family in 2009 when he was a rookie. <laughs> I just, I mean, I'm wondering what this stuff, what is it, man? You're out there, hey, this isn't 2014, man. You know, what were you trying to convey there, my brother? They lost, <laughs> Golden State lost a, a seven-game series to the Clippers, led by Chris Paul in 2014. <laughs> I believe it was the first round of the playoffs. Okay. It's not like they ripped the title away from them okay, or something, so or there was controversy. Chris, were you talking back then, man, to a young guy? I'm sure. Sure. You know, yeah, I'm sure in, Chris in, was talking last night in the so first he was quarter. Already five years in the league in 2014, but he's still a relatively young yeah. guy. Yeah. So maybe Chris was talking to him. I I don't know. Man. <laughs> it just that is it's too funny right there. I do know that trash talking is definitely part of any professional sport, and the reason being is because so much of the time your emotions take over, or you're trying to actually get inside your opponent's head. You're trying to impact them in, in a very negative kind of way. And, you know, so for, I'll give you a perfect example right now. Uh, there was a guy, his name was Bill Romanowski, of course, and I love Bill. Bill was a very, very physical football player based on needs. He was really, really tough. But before he got on the roids, he was also very, very light. And um, 230 pounds playing outside linebacker. I couldn't wait to play against him because he was the only linebacker that was my size, relatively speaking. And I was 220 pounds, and I, I used to just hit him right in the sternum, just destroy him. And I'd say, hey, Bill, your wife is up there watching this. Your kids are up there watching this. What are you doing? You're getting killed out here, Bill. Okay, that was that was trash talk. It's probably a good thing there was no social media when you played. Yeah, trying to get inside of Romo's head. It, or that's his nickname, yeah. Romanowski. Not Tony Romo. Yeah, Romo. not yeah. Tony Romo, but that was his nickname back then, of course. He was the original Romo, if you will, okay? So, you know, I understand it. It's part of competing. It is. You try to get in your opponent's head and mess them up a little bit. And maybe that's what Steph was trying to do. But Chris, Chris Paul was trying to think, what, what happened Chris, in 2014? Chris, or he's what the master it? of just playing dumb. Like, if he doesn't want to hear it, he's just not going to hear it. He's Chris Paul. Um, but I'll be interested to see if these teams meet in the playoffs. I thought he was sincere. He might be. He he At what? the beginning, it sounded it, sincere. It did. Uh, all right, we come back. ASU gets their tournament started tomorrow night. Color analyst Kyle Dodd will join us next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. With ASU starting up uh, tomorrow night in Dayton against Nevada. And uh, joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line is ASU's color analyst, Kyle Dodd, former, Kyle. former Sun Devil player as well. Kyle, thanks for the time. How are you doing today? I'm good, fellas. How are you guys? Good. Doing I mean, good. yeah, we're excited about this one uh, tomorrow. I guess. I guess let's just start there. And, and you know, 
as somebody that went to ASU, I'm fine with you know whatever. At least they're in. I know it's it's the first four, but at least they have a chance to still earn their way in. Is is this about what you expected when the Pac-12 tournament ended for ASU? Uh, I mean, I kind of kind of had an idea that this is where we were coming. I thought it was ridiculous that we we were headed this way. I think the resume was a lot uh, better than people thought. I thought the amount of respect that some other conferences were getting, you know, compared to us was pretty ridiculous. I mean, if you look at some of the numbers, I mean, you have teams like NC State with one quad one win who was safely in. We got, you know, multiple teams that had, you know, bad losses. And, and, you know, we were really just being judged on probably the bottom half of the Pac-12 this year. And that out of, you know, out of conference, they, you know, the, the league didn't do well out of conference, but, that had nothing to do with ASU. ASU scheduled like they normally do. Bobby does a great job. He goes on the road. We won 12 games away from home, which is unheard of. Um, and, uh, you know, I thought they were better than than this. But to be honest with you, like, I think the, the feeling around here is they would they would play on the moon if it means coming to the dance, you know? Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, Kyle, talk to us a little bit about the strength of this team as you see it. What is their strength? Um, you know, obviously, athletically, uh, they have they're very gifted. They're very long. Uh, defense defensively, they've been really good all year. That's kind of carried them. Uh, I think if you talk to most people around the league or anybody that's watched them, when we're making shots, when we got you know when we're hitting shots from the outside and and we're able to stretch the floor, nobody really wants to play them and they they just that good defensively they're that active and uh yeah they just play like like all of bobby's teams you know and you know wolf you're like just like me that gives me juice man the, the yeah. amount that the way that these guys play and they would run through a wall for their coach uh it's been one of the more fun teams i've been around just from that that side of things just watching these guys grind and, and compete every day and defensively too, you know, to me, it gives them a chance, right? This is what the tournament is all about, especially in college basketball. I think about it the the defensive end of the floor that gives them a chance to pull any upset, doesn't it? Oh, really? I mean, you could see there's been so many games this year where you're you're just waiting and waiting around, and then they finally get going offensively, and they're like they just go nuts because they're staying in the game because they, they lock people up and. They create turnovers, and I think that's why they've given, you know, some really good teams problems this year. You know, Arizona being one of them, you know, obviously Arizona took two out of three, but they were they were dogfights, and, and I thought athletically we kind of overwhelmed them with our defense and whatnot. But um, it's been a group that really, like I said, gets, gets after on both ends of the floor, but really the defense has been their staple. We're talking to Kyle Dodd, ASU color analysts, uh, one day ahead of their – first four matchup with Nevada. Uh, Kyle, just in watching this team this year and seeing some of the ups and downs they've gone through, and at one point they were 15-3, and three, and you know sometimes you, you see a team go on a four-game losing streak like they did after they got to 15-3, and three and, they, and they never really recovered, but this team did a couple different times, and Bobby Hurley has talked about that. Um, how resilient has this team been in your mind? Oh, it's been crazy. I mean, to, to be honest, just the world we live in with the transfer portal and, and having to incorporate new bodies and new players. And, you know, a lot of these guys haven't played together uh, other until this year. And I thought that was evident in the, the first UCLA game, which kind of 
started the the little stretch where they struggled, you know, they played they outplayed the Bruins for 38 minutes of that game, and and then UCLA made winning plays down the stretch because they have guys that have played in the Final Four together on the same team, and they UCLA just made winning plays and and uh, kind of wore them down at the end, and then I thought UCLA beat them multiple times if that makes sense. I thought they were a little hungover the next night with the. USC and then they went on the road and struggled a little bit and that was a little four game skid and to be honest it, it, it could have gone south very quickly and somehow some way these guys continue to get up off the mat and and punch back and you know what I saw in Tucson is <laughs> it just doesn't happen a lot so uh, you know I, I, I wouldn't put anything past these guys Bobby Hurley has talked about his growth as a coach where do you think he's grown the most? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think there's no question that Coach Hurley still has the fire and still has the, the juice and the energy. And um, But I, I do see a little bit of a difference. He, it seems like he's enjoying it a little bit more uh, this year than ever. Um, just, just the small things. Um, I've seen him, you know, on the sideline. He's always been such a good, you know, if he ever came to a practice or, you know, shoot around and stuff, he's just always been such a good teacher and, and motivator. But um, to be able to see him, you know, up close and, and pull kids aside, and I think he's understanding. Hey, these, you know, I might only have these guys for one year, you know. So I, mm-hmm. it's the way I impact their lives is, is a little bit different than what it used to be, where you have a kid, you'd help raise them for four or five years, you know. But now it's just, like I said, the world we live in. It's kind of sad, uh, but uh, it's just what we're what we're dealing with. Kyle Dodds joining us right now. Uh, Kyle, Desmond Cambridge obviously made a, a national name for himself with that shot against U of A, and, and I think Sun Devil fans know this team pretty well at this point. But for people that are just kind of tuning in tomorrow and they want to see what this group's all about, can you give us a guy that isn't one of the Cambridge brothers or even DJ Horn to keep an eye on that you think might swing tomorrow's game? Yeah, I think a guy like the Warren Washington who's had a really nice year, uh, kind of anchoring the defense in the middle. And, you know, I, I've said all year when Warren gets post touches, he's not always going to go get you a bucket in the post, but he makes really good decisions. And, and think generally good things happen when he gets the ball in the post. So I look to, to see, you know, him have a big game tomorrow, especially because, you know, this is a uh, – the around here they're calling it the revenge tour they got Warren Washington and Des Cambridge just came from Nevada a transfer from Nevada so I'm sure there'll be a little extra emotion with those two guys but you know the other guy to keep an eye on too is, is Austin Nunez I don't we haven't been told that he was cleared to play but he was a full participant in practice yesterday and he's been in the concussion protocol and he's a, a guard that can really you know, anchor that second unit, and he heats up the basketball like I like I haven't seen in a while. So that he really does a nice job coming off the bench. And I think if they get Austin back, that's just another, you know, another, another bullet. You know, so let's see uh, see what happens there. But uh, yeah, I would I would keep an eye on Warren Washington. Jemiah Neal is also a guy that's been playing really well in that second unit as of late. Can you talk to us a little bit more in detail about Nevada? You mentioned them. Talk to us about them and what you see, Kyle. Yeah, it's um, a little bit different Nevada team than the, some of their teams in the years past where they were, you know, more free-flowing, high, up-tempo team. This is more of a possession-style team. They're going to kind of slow things down a little bit, and um, I think that's where, you know, a huge key for ASU is if they can speed them up, if they can make them uncomfortable, which they've done for so you know with so many teams, and get them out of their rhythm. Teams that like to run their stuff and, and rely on execution and, and running – you know, running their sets, if you can get them out of that, sometimes they get really uncomfortable and, you know, everything goes 
goes crazy. So I think the, the Devils have to make it a little bit wild tomorrow, especially on the defensive end, and and to try to get them out of their normal rhythm. And you know, if, if you get in a, a half court style game, you know, obviously I think it's, it favors them. Kyle, and this is a few steps away, but but maybe not as many steps as we all would have thought a week ago. It would take ASU win, two ASU wins, and it would take a GCU win, but it would be the round of 32, so it's not like it would be the final four. If it came down to an ASU-GCU matchup in the round of 32, we have any sense of just how crazy this city would be? Oh, it would be, I'm sure, nuts. <laughs> you know, there's been obviously the push um, over the last several years of Grand Canyon trying to get, you know, get things rolling on the... Um, you know, ever since they went D1, and obviously we know there's no secret that building is is uh, crazy during all their home games, and and uh, you know I I think it's it would be awesome. It'd be awesome for Phoenix. I I would you know me personally, I would hope we we kick their butt. You know, we we would destroy <laughs> them. But uh, you know, they're a good squad. They they got into the dance by winning their conference tournament, and yeah, that would be a couple steps away. But yeah, that would be pretty nuts. A lot of bragging rights, I'm sure, on the table there. Kyle, if there was one Sun Devil that is going to be indicative, one Sun Devil that you think has got to step up and play well in order to beat Nevada, who would that be? Yeah, I think it'd probably probably be Dez would be the easy answer. I mean, just because he's been kind of the barometer all year. Uh, Dez or DJ Horn, um, like I said earlier, when those guys are making shots, we're extremely tough to beat. Um, so I think if those guys come out and, and can uh, have a – a NCAA tournament type, you know, performance and lift their squad. This tournament is just, you know, you know, in the first. No, no, we lost him. We lost him right at the end, end of the interview. Kyle. I feel like he was going to say. Kyle. Like I, 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 I got in my back. Yeah, yes. you're back. You're back. Yes, Kyle. Oh man. Yeah. I'm walking through the dates in the arena. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I was saying, I don't know if you guys got me, but I said Des Cambridge, you know, yes. and I said, you know, just the NCAA tournament to me, especially these first couple of rounds, always deliver. And we've seen a guy like Des who has the flair for the dramatic. I mean, not just in the U of A game, but the guys just hit big shots all year, won a couple of different games. And so I, I would point to a guy like that that kind of, to me, was is made for these type games. Um, so him, DJ Horn, probably two guys that would be a great barometer for, for ASU. Well, Kyle, we appreciate the time. Hopefully we're talking to you again soon after a few ASU wins. All right? Absolutely. Thanks Thank you, guys. buddy. That's uh, Kyle Dodd joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line. Does a great job with Tim Healy every uh, ASU broadcast, and uh, obviously a big one tomorrow yeah. in Dayton. Love that, man. Uh, when we come back, we'll flip back over to football. The Cardinals are bringing back one important piece. He's on the offensive line. I think we all like him, but <laughs> might be a little awkward. We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.